Thank you for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you, and you can text Rock of KC to 816-307-1611 for a Connect card, and a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockofkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries here locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Y'all doing well? Okay. Well, we're in the presence of God. We, we need to be doing well. And uh, God's presence is here amongst us. We acknowledge his presence. And actually, we, we who believe in Jesus, who have Christ in our heart, are carriers of his presence. And so not only do we come to meet with him, we bring him with us. That's deep thinking. Is it too early for that kind of deep thinking? But the transcendence of God is what we're all after. We're after the transcendence of God's wisdom and knowledge, transcending time and space and transcending buildings and coming into our hearts through revelation. And revelation is what brings about change. When you get a revelation of your need to be born again, that will begin the process for you to cry out to God. When you get a revelation that things aren't working, the way they need to be working, and that'll begin a process to where you can begin to change. And God is all about changing and transforming us and renewing us and not just making us better, but making us brand new. Come on now. Come on. That's good news. We can be brand new. We can be born again. We can become new creations in Christ and then begin a lifelong process of renewal Yes, a lifelong process of renewal. Amen. Praise God. Okay, y'all ready to get into the word? Okay, you said that pretty weakly. But it's not going to come weak. I'm going to tell you that. The word's not going to come in a weak way. It's going to come in a clear way. In fact, we're going to let the Bible pretty much just speak for itself. We're going to let Jesus speak for himself. We're living in a day and age where people are creating Jesus in their own image. They're, they're cutting out portions of the Bible of his teachings they don't care for or like, or they want to try to mend into agreement with what he said. And that's when change and transformation takes place to his glory. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. We just sang that you're, you're the only one worthy. And uh, God, help us to live it. Help us not just to sing it, not just to acquiesce to it, but help us to live it. And so even now, God, give us ears to hear, give us a heart to perceive and understand, and give us the will and the grace to obey what it is, in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen. All right, we're in a series entitled Discipleship Question Mark. Discipleship Question Mark, and the big question for every one of us is to ask, am I a disciple? Am I a disciple? Not are other people disciples, but are you a disciple? There's a distinct difference between being a believer and being a disciple. Uh, you can, there, there is an order. You, you, in order to be discipled, you have to believe. So you, you could become a believer. You repent and believe. But then discipleship is a lifelong journey 
of becoming like your teacher. And that in this way, our teacher is Jesus, our leader, our Lord, our King, our God, that we're following him now. And he doesn't just want us to become uh, knowledgeable of him or know what he did, but he wants us to become like him. And that's a huge, like, oh me, amen, oh me, all of us. It should, like, wow, I'm going to, he expects me not to just become knowledgeable of him. We, we have called discipleship a class, or we've called it a program. We have a discipleship program for you. And then you can graduate from the discipleship program, and then you get a certificate. And uh, there have been a lot of people who have graduated from those programs that don't really reflect Christ in so many of their ways. And so it's not a program. It can be. You can be discipled through a Bible study, but it's, that in itself is not the end. Are you with me? It's not enough for you. If you go through an apprenticeship to be a plumber or to be a teacher or whatever, then you can, you don't necessarily have to be like the teacher who taught you. You just have to master what they mastered. Okay? And that's perfectly okay. You don't have to be like the electrician that you followed to get your license. But you need to know that knowledge. Or you're going to burn a house down or a building or blow yourself up or there going to be some other negative ramifications down the road. But they're not requiring you to be like them. But Jesus' discipleship is my goal, his goal, not your goal. <laughs> not your goal, but his goal is to make you like him. So let's look at Matthew 28, one of our key scriptures for this series. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So God, Jesus has all authority. Okay, you got that? And now he's, he's going to impart that authority that he has to give to you to go and do something as his disciples. And these are action words that he says, what I want you to do, I just want you to go for, therefore, and make disciples. So I want you to be a disciple so that you'll make disciples. You got it? And then I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I want you to teach them, another translation says, to obey. Teach them to obey. One of the first marks that you're on the road to discipleship is that you're an obeyer. Like you obey his teaching. You're not like, yeah, but, or I'm not quite ready. It's like, no, he's the teacher here. He's the one that gives out the assignments, and he is the one who gives the test. And by the way, I want you to know that you're being tested every day whether you're a disciple or not. You're, be, you're being tested every day. It's not like you get to study for three months and then take a test. No, every day you and I are being tested as to whether or not we are disciples of Jesus. You're being tested uh, with, with your integrity. You're being tested with your, with your uh, uh, times when no one's looking. You're being tested when everyone's looking. You're being tested when you're uh, thinking and processing and responding to life. That's a test. And we're to teach them to observe or obey all things that I've commanded you. And so you're never going to uh, uh, be a disciple of Jesus if you're not a person of the word. You're, you're not going to do that. It's not going to happen. You, you've got to be in the word and the word has to get into you and you have to intentionally make time for that to take place. And he says, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And someone said, that's why I never fly. Okay, 
Lo, I'm with you always. Okay. That, that's an old preacher joke. Some of you obviously haven't heard it or have, and you go, oh, that's a dad joke. That is a dad joke. <clears throat> I, I'm having more come through my mind right now, but I'm going to suppress those in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Luke chapter 6, and he spoke a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will what? Will be like his teacher. How many of you think we should just do an altar call right now? <laughs> like just right this minute, like, oh God, help me. I do not represent you well in so many areas of my life. Please forgive me. Please, God, please come and conquer this willfulness, this carnality of mine, this, this excuse that I give for not following you and not yielding and not submitting and not obeying. Like in all seriousness, because you're worthy, you're worthy of better. And see, that's why we got to keep this picture before us. Why? Why be a disciple? Because he's worthy. That's the reason. He's worthy. He died on the cross. We just celebrated Holy Communion. We remembered what he did for us out of his love, out of his love. And now he's worthy. He's worthy that you and I seek to be like him. Would you not agree? And so I do want to shout out the Reverend Jimmy Bratcher. He's here on the front row with his wife, lovely wife, Sherry, uh, for last week's message. I loved the message. I loved the fact that he debunked this whole idea that discipleship is hard, that it's hard and it's hard to disciple. It's not, and it will be if you believe it is, but it's not if you don't, like, disciple follow me I'm gonna as I follow Christ follow me and I love this quote that he quoted from Dr. Jim's Jim Richards and I want us to to see it a student wants to know what the teacher knows a disciple wants to live as the teacher lives and I say amen to that I said that that sums up this whole series we want to live like our teacher. We want to live like our rabbi. We want to live like our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, follow me. That was his discipleship program. Follow me. Just follow me. Follow me. Watch what I do. See how I do it. See how I say it. Watch me. Learn of me. Drink of me. Eat me. <laughs> like live in me. Take my flesh, eat my bread. I'm the bread of life. Like, absorb me. Get me into your life. Let me in your life. This is discipleship. I'm a follower of Jesus. I am, I, and, and when he said those statements in John chapter 6, you all you know, read, there's 60, like 70 verses or whatever in John chapter 6. So, uh, but it, towards the end, when he's talking about, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood and all this, this gory stuff, um, many of them, they, they, like, they complained about it. His disciples complained and said, this is a hard saying. And then many, many left him at that point. And then he turned and goes, you, you going to go too? You see, Western Christianity has put you and I at the center of this whole thing. It's put us, not, it's not put God at the center. It's put us at the center. And we think it's all about us and about our entitlement, what we deserve and our rights and our privileges and all this. And, and Jesus is, and we think that like he's begging us to follow him. 
Now, he deeply loves us. He proved it by the cross. And you deeply matter to God. You do. But the human, fallen human nature needs to be challenged. Does God matter to you? In what place are you putting God? Is God just your bellboy and just your uh, blesser? And then you're mad and ticked off at him when he doesn't respond according to the way that you've tried to maneuver him or figure him out? Or is he God and you're not God? And you need him to be God in your life. And you want him to be God. And you're desirous of him to be God. And you know that you were a sinner. And you need to be saved by grace. And that you do respond, oh my king, how could it be that you would die for me? What amazing love. How could it be that you, my king, would die for me? That revelation that he's God and I'm not. And the Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Another way he says it, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. See, there is a qualification on following another human. And that qualification is only as they follow Christ. And Paul qualified the followers of him only as I imitate Christ, follow me. When I don't imitate Christ, don't follow me. Are you with me? This is it. He is the one that we're called to follow. And in your discipleship, listen, if you don't want to be discipled, you won't be. And see, Jesus knew these people don't want to be discipled. They love the free bagels and fish and chips. I mean, they love it. They love the healings. They love the, they love the things when I'm, you know, upbraiding the, the religious system of the day and the Pharisees. They love that. But when I call them to the cross, when I call them to real commitment, they want that. No, 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 no. You're, you're making this about you, and now I thought you were about us. Like you were going to come and rescue us from our tyranny of this and I was, but I was going to do it from, as Pastor Jimmy said, the Reverend Jimmy, uh, the Evangelist Jimmy. He's got all kinds of titles. Bishop, uh, hippie, uh, <laughs> groovy, cool man. Uh, now I forgot what I was going to say. He said, <laughs> God came to bring change through changing the heart of the human he didn't come to bring change through the government or through the political religious system of that day. He came to bring a new system of government called the kingdom of God. That's what he came to do. And it comes, it's going to come from the heart of changed lives. See, the new covenant that God brought about is, I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to write my, before the law was written on tablets, but now I'm going to write it upon the tablet of your heart. And that's why discipleship can't be a checkoff box. That's why discipleship can't just be a program or a class. Discipleship is a changed life that's written on the tablet of a man and a woman's heart. Are you hearing me this? It's not behavior modification where you're only being good because you have to. You're only being good because you don't want the consequences of not being good. No, I'm being good from the heart. My heart's changed. I've been healed. I've been delivered. Jeremiah cried out in uh, Jeremiah 17, 4, Heal me, O God, and I will be healed. Free me, O God, and I will be freed, for I praise you. He understood. Jeremiah did. Even if God doesn't heal me, I won't be healed. If God doesn't set me free, no plan or program will do it. Only God will. 
and him will I praise. You see, God's after disciples, not simply believers. Jesus wants disciples to reflect him in every aspect of their lives. And we can say amen or oh me. Let's talk about this for more. And let's just let the word of God speak to us. Let it wash over us now. Discipleship in the word. What is the purpose of scriptures? Paul tells us that all scripture is breathed out by God. Theo Ramos, God breathed. God breathed the word. All scripture is God breathed and profitable for what? Teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for what? Training in what? Righteousness. Now, now listen. <laughs> where, where, where do you see? Now, Scripture does encourage. And I, we become people. All I, d- just encourage me, Pastor. Just encourage me. I, I mean, the world's tough, Pastor. It's a, it's a tough world, Pastor. And, I, and I, when I come to service on weekend, I just, I just want to be encouraged, Pastor. I just, I don't, you know, I just you know, want to be told I'm okay and I'm doing all right. And you poor thing. And I know life's rough. And just, you know, and just don't, don't, don't challenge us to give. Don't challenge us to evangelize. Don't challenge us to, to change. Come on, we're just barely hanging on anyway. Don't you care? I care deeply. But thank God Jesus didn't barely hang on. Thank God Jesus is more than a conqueror. And in Christ, we're more than conquerors. What's it say there? You come, the scripture's profitable for what? Why? Why? For, for teaching, for correction. I don't like being corrected. Well, then throw your Bible away. Get rid of it. I don't want to be reproved. Then throw your Bible away. Not, I, I've already learned everything I need to know. I'm good. I'm fine. Because if I learn more, then I'm responsible for more, and I don't want to be responsible for more. Huh? Come on. Like, God, uh, I pray honestly with God. God, I don't want to know about this. Because then if I know about it, then i got to deal with it. And I don't want to deal with it. So just thank you very much. I don't want to know. <laughs> I mean, I pray that way. Like, God, and I, I find myself praying, God, I, I, get, I cast my cares on you. I, I, I don't want to care about something. <laughs> but you want me to. And that's a difficult thing. And you're like, no. And he's like, well, are you going to be my disciple or not? Yes, sir, there it is. I don't want to be reproved. I don't want to be corrected. Why can't you just be nice to me? Why can't you just tell me I'm doing fine? Because you're not doing fine. You're doing terrible. It's obvious you haven't been practicing. It's obviously you haven't been doing the, the work. It's obvious. Why would I tell you you're doing fine when you're not? That's not being loving to you. That's being totally hateful to you. I'm not really loving you if I don't speak truth to you. And if I tell you that you are going to die if you don't stop this, then, and that's the truth, and I don't tell you that, am I really loving you? Well, no, but you, can you say it a little different? Look, I, no, I can't. I don't know how. I haven't learned that yet, but I'll, I'll try to be better. I mean, you can't win with some of these people. You, you can't because they're living offended lives. They're living, they're, they're living selfish lives. They're living self-centered lives. And it's all about them. And, well, you know, yeah, what you said was true, but I don't like the way you said it. 
Yeah, wham. <laughs> I heard that wham. That's, I'm just repeating what I'm hearing, okay? That, and I say, Pastor, you're still responsible. I know I am. I am. I am. And why does he give us the scripture that the man, the woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work? Because we've got a work to do. And we need to do a good work. Not just work, but do good work. In John 20, verse 31, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. That's why he wrote this scripture. That's why John wrote his gospel, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The psalmist tells us that the word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We need guidance and direction. That's why we need the word. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus essentially gives us his systematic ethic for how to be his disciples. The Sermon on the Mount represents the core of what Jesus spent three years telling people across the Jewish world. It covers a wide range of topics that encompass most every facet of what he expects of those who claim to follow him. Listen, the Sermon on the Mount is not reserved for the kingdom future. It's reserved for the kingdom now. And many people have tried to reserve this for back off when, when we're, we got the kingdom in full expression. Oh, really? So I'm still going to be having to deal with adulterous thoughts in heaven? Seriously? I'm going to be dealing with lawsuits in heaven? No, it's meant for now. St. Augustine describes the sermon represents a perfect standard of Christian life. The sermon is found in Matthew 5 through 7. So one day while he was traveling near the Sea of Galilee, Jesus decided to speak to his disciples about what it means to follow him. He went up on a mountainside and gathered his core disciples around him. The rest of the world, uh, the, the rest of the crowd found places along the hill all the way to the bottom. So he's on the top. His voice is going down, descending down to the lowest part. And he's sitting down and he's teaching them. The Sermon on the Mount is by far the longest sermon that Jesus is recorded as having preached. And he was sharing with his disciples, guys, here's what it means to represent me. Here's what it means to be like me. Here's what it means to live out this calling of followership and discipleship. For example, Jesus taught about subjects such as prayer, like he expects you to pray. Uh, justice, care for the needy, handling the religious law, divorce, fasting, judging other people, salvation, and much more. The Sermon on the Mount also contains what is known as the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 3 through 12. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. See, disciples know poor in spirit means bankrupt. I am bankrupt without God. Unless I'm born again, I'm nothing. This is it. Understanding. I am in need of salvation. I am bankrupt in spirit. I need the Holy Spirit to make me new again. This is the revelation. This is the disciple. They understand that. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. The meek, there is not the weak, but meek means power under authority. Who's going to inherit the earth? The meek. The ones who live under the authority of God. The ones who are humble, these are the ones who are going to inherit the earth. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Disciples hunger and thirst for righteousness. They have it in their heart. God, I, I, it's not that I need more of Jesus because I've got all of him, but I need to yield more to him. Are you with me? Like, I'm not going to get more of Jesus. 
But more of Jesus can increase in my life the more I yield to him. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Did Jesus show mercy to the woman caught in adultery, brought to him, ready to be stoned? Did he show mercy? Then we should do also. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. How many want to see more God? Then God purify my heart. Cleanse my heart, O God, and make it ever true. Cleanse my heart, O God, and make me like you. You are the potter, and I am the clay. Mold me and make me, Lord, after your way. We used to sing that chorus years ago. I may have mixed up several of them. I have a wonderful brain. Blessed are the peacemakers. Why? For they shall be called the children of God. Why? Because God is the God of all peace. God so loved the world that he made peace. He reconciled us back to man through Jesus Christ. God's a peacemaker. How about you? You seek to make peace or make war? What, what's your first motive there? He said, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. He didn't say, blessed are you if you're persecuted for being a knucklehead, for being foolish or obnoxious, or being crude or being arrogant. He said, blessed are you who are pers persecuted for righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the name, in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And then he taught us how to pray. And he didn't ever meant this to be a rote prayer. Let's all repeat the Lord's prayer. It's actually a disciple's prayer. The Lord already had prayers. He didn't need another one. <laughs> Okay, this is the way he, and he said, after this manner, if you'll read it, after this manner, it's not like, oh, hey, do this every day and you'll be fine. It's like a hedge of protection around you and it's like a little, you know, crystal that you can put up. No, it's like, guys, I want you to pray after this manner. First of all, address God as your father. In other words, have a relationship with him as a father. That was totally unknown to them. They wouldn't think of God. No, we're all, no, we can't address God as Abba, father, intimacy, as expresses intimacy. Father, I come to you. In the mighty name, I hallowed your name. You are, I hallowed, I reverence, I set your name apart. There's no other name given among men where I must be saved. We, we begin to pray in Revelation, hallowed be your name. You're Jehovah Yireh, my provider. You're Jehovah Rapha, my healer. You're Jehovah Sidkenu, my righteousness. And we learn the names of God. And the you're Adonai, you're king, you're Lord. We just like, like, wow, you could just. Spend an hour right there in worship to God as your father. Hallowed be your name. And then what? I want your kingdom to come. What do we mostly do now in our prayers? Oh, God, my dad needs this and my mom needs that. And we have all these requests. And the Bible says make your requests known. We do. But is there a time where we say order affects outcome? Let me first enter into worship. First, let me enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Let, let me come the way he wants me to come. And I understand there's time where it's like you're desperate and you can't, and God does too. But do you have a practice of a, as a disciple that you, you cultivate your heart and love and, and worship as God your Father? And say, God, I, I need your kingdom to come today. Before I need money, before I need a bigger house, before I need an increase, before I need any of this, God, well, I want your kingdom, I want your rule and your reign to come. And would you begin right here in this heart, in my heart, God, let your kingdom come as it is on earth. Let it be done 
as it is on heaven, on earth, right here in Philip O'Reilly's heart today. I want your rule. I want your reign. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to be reflected through all of my day today. Your kingdom come. And then, God, would you do it with my wife? And would you do it with my children and my grandchildren? And would you do it with the people that gather themselves called the Rock of KC that we might represent you well today in your kingdom? You see, this is the it, not just our, our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And God, could we have a little bit more? Could you make it rye? And then God, uh, and could you put some pastrami in it and make it a really great Reuben, actually, God. And, um, <laughs> and God said, you need to cut the bread out. And then this is where we get, then this is where all the people get mixed up. Like if you're in a mixed group, like you may have some Lutherans and some mothers mixed in there, and then they go, and forgive us our trust of death, and they're all speaking in tongues. You got them all speaking in tongues, like you tricked them right into tongues right there. And you go through the whole thing, and leaves on temptation, deliver some evil for the eyes of the kingdom, power and glory forever, man. Boom, boom. Oh, man, I feel better. He said, this is a manner. Look, I want you to pray that, that. I was like, you don't, God's not going to lead you into temptation. You know that, right? So the better translation there is, God, let me not be led by my temptations. God, let me, help me not to go after the proclivities of my flesh and my carnality and my fallen nature. It's better. Like, God's not, he's wanting to lead you in righteousness. So he's like, he's not ever going to lead you into temptation. But, but your, your natural carnal ways are going to lead you into temptation. And that's what you need to be delivered from. Now, listen. Being a disciple and being a Christian is not about perfectionism. Because it's not going to happen this side of heaven. It's not going to happen this side of heaven. But it's about following God's plan. And we can know God's will. And people say, oh, we don't really know what God thought about this. Really? What Bible have you not been reading? Are you, like, you're not reading the Bible. Matthew 5 says this, you have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. It's like, are you kidding me? People say, I'm not under the law, I'm under grace. Do you know that under the law, like you could divorce a woman for just about any reason? Like if, you, if she, her looks changed, you could divorce her. People are like, I'm not under the law. I know, have you, have you read what grace requires? Like, dude, you can't even look at a woman lustfully and you've committed adultery in your heart. And by the way, women lust too. They do. Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Who bought that book? Women. We, we all have lust and strong desires. We covet. Covetousness is lust. 
You covet their boat, you covet their wife, you covet their money, you covet their career, you covet their image, you covet their, you know, their social media account, whatever. That's lust. It's lust. And, and when we do, we're adulterating our lives. I was like, Jesus, I don't know if I really want to be under grace. <laughs> you are the salt of the earth, but the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. If, you, if you've lost it, you, it's not God's fault that you've lost it. You all understand that, right? If you're not salty, if you're not having influence, if, you're not, if your light's not shining, you're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Look, if there's not enough light in the earth, it's not God's fault. Are you hearing me? It's not God's fault. Uh, Matthew 5, 21. You, I, and listen, don't get mad at me. Get mad at Jesus for saying this and go deal with him about it. I'm just delivering his words for us. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court and anyone who says you fool will be in danger of fire of hell the word fool means there you you moron you're in, it literally means empty head you're you're empty headed useless one and and it's like whoa wait a minute i don't know if i no like god you can't you can't be serious there are some empty heads around here like yeah but you're not to have that attitude towards them because that wasn't my attitude towards them I want to I want to call a snowflake a snowflake and I want to re return evil for evil and insult for insult and dare call me an empty I may have bald head but I shave too I do have some hair <laughs> You know but no that's not the spirit that is not the spirit that's not the heart Therefore, if you were offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer. God, are you kidding me? I'm here trying to give my heart to you. I'm trying to, you know, offer a gift of praise. And then you bring up this thing and I, I can see that person on a throat punch them. Now, I, I, listen, I have people stand in this auditorium. Like if this person walked through here, I'd want, I just, I'm, I, I'm not going to, I'm not forgiving them. I said, I understand that's how you feel, but is that really your final decision? I mean, I said, one thing to express your feeling, but if this is your will, you're in danger here. You're not, you are in real danger here of doing a number of things. A root of bitterness springing up, defiling many, a hardened heart disobeying the word of God I mean seriously you want all the blessings of God in your life and all the grace but you don't want to obey his clear teaching on these matters are you kidding me you said pastor you would challenge that yes why because I'm a discipler that's why I'm not just a placater I'm not just here to pat you on the back and make you feel good about your carnal position or your unethical position or ungodly position or your anti-Jesus position we're here to call each other up to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus because he's worthy. 
Settle your matters quickly with your adversary who's taking you to court. Do it while you're still together. And they're like, no, I'm going to sue him for every bit. I'm going to teach him a lesson. I'm going to let him rot in hell. That's nice, Jesus. Where do you learn Jesus that way? Because I'd like to learn that part of him. But I haven't found it in the Bible. Because <laughs> I feel that way too at times. But in my being discipled by him through the Holy Spirit, he's not allowed that. How, how is that? How, can I get the hall pass that you've been given? I'd like that hall pass. Do it while you're still together on the way or your adversary may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but will fulfill the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven or for it is God's throne, or by the earth for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem for it is the city of the great king. See, people thought if they could, you know, give an oath to that, then it was, they didn't have to. So I, no, I gave, it, I gave the oath there, so therefore I don't have to walk it out, but I gave it there. It's, it's, it was sincerity in my heart. I meant it when I said it. And so... I'm clear, and like Jesus said, no, you're not. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from where? The evil one. Like, read it and weep, people. This ought to make us all tremble. Seriously. You know how many times people excuse their carnality and their disobedience as, well, I'm only human? That's what I hear all the time for why people won't walk out the Bible. I hear it all the time. And do you know who, Jesus didn't speak this to aliens. He, sp he spoke it to fishermen and rude and crude guys and men and women. Do you understand that? I have people today that, hey man, I'm gonna, can I borrow some money? Can I borrow some money? Yeah. Look, I'll, I'll pay you back. Beginning January 1, I'll pay you back. And then January, February, March, April is, is coming. It's, there's been no word spoken, nothing. And so what, what, what is that? You say, well, they're just embarrassed. They're going through it. No, you need to go to the person and say, look, man, I'm in a tight spot. Can I get another week? But then make it a week. <laughs> or otherwise, you're practicing something of the evil one. Yes or no? Yes or no? Come on now. There's no gray in this, okay? You all got it. This is like, we, and we want to soften it. And we want to, well, you know, yeah, but yeah, but nothing. We're not goats. We're sheep. Goats butt. Sheep bye. Yes, master. Yes, master. Your way. Your will. Matthew 5, you've heard that it was said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And you're like, no! Let me tell you, this is not about self-defense. This scripture is about being humiliated in a public place. In that day, you get slapped on the cheek. Was a, it's like I'm slapping you out of, I'm going to ridicule you. I'm going to embarrass you. So Jesus said, let them do it. Let them do it. Just slap the other one. Move on. Walk on. Self-defense is spoken of and permitted in the Bible. Deal with it. 
That's all I got to say. Moving right on. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? And not even the tax, are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people. What are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that and be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. The word perfect means to be mature. Mature, grow up as your father in heaven is. Is he loving? Is he kind? Is he merciful? Is he just? Is he strong? Yes. Then grow into Christ and grow into the maturity of the father. I want to. I want to be more like my father. I want more of the father's heart. I don't want the heart of the prodigal son's brother. What? Look, dad. Look. No, I want to be the one. Dad, he's, he's coming home. That rascal is coming home finally. Dad, your prayers, your longing, I know what he did, but dad, he's coming home, and I'm glad he's coming home. What's he, what's he doing home? Why, why is he? See, that's a religious spirit. That's not the heart of the father. And then forgiveness. For if you forgive other, then when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Verse 15, out loud together. Let's hear it. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Can that get any clearer? It can't get any clearer. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I want my treasure to be in Jesus. I want him to be my pearl of great price. I want him to be the lost coin in the field that I'll give everything for to go see. I'll buy the whole field just so I get the coin. I want my treasure to be in God's kingdom and in his righteousness and his love. And so that's where my treasure's gonna go. I'm gonna give toward that where I want my heart to go. And I want it to go for the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the Prince of peace and the God of all heaven and earth. And then he says, look, no one can serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You need to settle that in your heart. Do not worry. Listen here. How many times does he need to say this, and how many times do we excuse it? Come on. We're going to be disciples. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. So if that is how God clothes the grass, to the field which is here today tomorrow is thrown in the fire will he not much more clothe you of little faith so do not worry there it is again what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you what you need them alright you do but seek first seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own and all God's people said amen 
Matthew 7, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. True disciples and false disciples, he lines it out here. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then he will say, what will he say? I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. In other words, yes, you did these things. Yes, you went through the motions, but you never gave your heart to me. You never had intimacy with me. It didn't take place. What did Jesus say about discipleship and obedience? And anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life but remain under God's angry judgment. No, 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 no! God is all nice. God has no judgment anymore. It's all been taken on Jesus. That's what people want to teach. That's what people want to believe. I'm thankful that he's taken my judgment. That's why I want to obey him. I want to obey him. I don't always, but I want to. And I'm on the road to learning, growing. And in closing, I want you to stand with me. Being a disciple of Jesus is about his supremacy in every area of life. Can we read Colossians 1, 18 out loud together? And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So that in everything, he might have what? The supremacy. There it is, right there. And in John 14, 5 and 6, Lord said, Thomas, we do not know where you're going. And so how can we know the way? And then Jesus answered, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Craig Dennison writes this, anything that leaves you at the center is off center. The universe won't back our being God. So the facts close in and disillusionment results. Beloved, discipleship is about Jesus being preeminent first and foremost in every area of our life. Bow your heads with me if you would, please. I recognize that there are some here today that you may be hearing this message really for the first time and others maybe for the third, fourth, or fifth or whatever, but you know in your heart of hearts that you you believe, but you've not been born again. You believe, but you've not really repented. You believe, but you've not fully surrendered. And today, you want that to be different. You want that to change, that right here, right now, on this moment, your heart is convicted of your need of Jesus as Savior and Lord and your need of forgiveness and your need to repent and you want to do that today, just lift your hand. Lift it up high. I see hands going up all over this room and I want you to pray with me and we're gonna pray with you a prayer of agreement. Dear Jesus, I am in need of salvation. I am in need of repentance. And today, I turn my heart to you, to your love, to your mercy, to your grace. And I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior. I want you to live your resurrected life in me and through me from this moment on. 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you were buried and that you rose again on the third day. And now, Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, cause me to be born again to a living hope. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Can we give God glory and honor for those who are saying yes to Jesus and to his way? For those of you that prayed that prayer and maybe you're turning back to God or turning to God for the first time, we welcome you to this journey. We do have a book we'd love to put in your hand called Fresh Start. It'll help you understand the commitment that you made today and the steps that you can keep to following him. And we're here as a body of believers. We're not perfect. We haven't arrived. And we're on this journey of making Jesus great in our lives and being exalted in every area of our life. And we invite you to join us if you don't have a home church. For the rest of us that are here, how many of you, in all honesty, would say, I need, I need this message and I, I need grace to walk it out and I need my heart to be more open and I need to be more repentant and more sensitive to the nature of Jesus and how he wants to live through my, I, I, my hands up. People, I, I, I didn't want to do this study because I knew what was coming. <laughs> and to be honest, I like good, just encouraging messages and messages that just like I'm doing fine when I'm not. And, and this, is a, this is a sober word, but it's a word that he's worthy of. God, my hand is lifted because I'm in need. God, I'm in need, need of you to increase in my life. I, I need to die, Lord. I need to, I need to die more to my will and my ways and my stubbornness. I need to repent and I need to reflect you more. And God, I don't know how to do it. I can't do it apart from you. I can't do it apart from you. So Jesus, come and have your way. Come and have your way in me. Come and have your way through me. Come, Holy Spirit, baptize me afresh and anew. Renew my mind. Break strongholds. Bring your deliverance that I might reflect you more and more. To your glory, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give him honor. Give